Hi, I'm Chris Varner. And I'm Sean O'Brien. Welcome to It's Not the Differences. Hello again, everyone. Uh, it's been a while since we talked about our favorite subject or one of our favorite subjects, and that's just sort of 80s TV. So we're going to go back to that. And we have sort of an idea on 80s TV and its translation into a modern era, and if it's if it's possible. That sounded way too highfalutin. It did. I, was saying, <laughs> I thought we were talking about just the, TV shows. The way you were going to say it was, <laughs> could you make the things that we used yeah. to make now? That's a much more English, that's a much better way to say it. So you look at a show like, say, Seinfeld, and some of its episodes, you wonder, could that have been, could that be reproduced in the 2020s? It, you know, it brings up a fair point. I mean, Seinfeld started in the late 80s, but it's probably, I would say, more associated the with the 90s, we'd look at it. I can't think of an equivalent 80s show, because Cheers never seemed to be controversial in any sort of way. I mean, I can see how people don't think Cheers is funny because they don't understand the humor, because it's it's a yeah. you know it's not lowbrow humor. It's it's well, it's a middlebrow. Correct, middlebrow. But Seinfeld, I mean, but Seinfeld was the first one to almost tackle and find it, you know, make fun of the fact that what they're saying is controversial. For yeah, you know, if you look at the contest episode, they they right. do that whole contest without actually saying what the contest is. You right. know what I mean? And that, right. that was, if you remember, right. that was very controversial when they. Did. Yeah, and even right, and it. even the euphemisms were so far away. <laughs> to call you your master of your domain is nowhere near. Is nowhere near <laughs> what the what the euphemisms we'd use. I think that could that episode in particular could easily be remade, <laughs> and it would be even more direct. What about the outing? The See, now that's where, another interesting. That's an interesting. And one. they keep having to say not that there's anything not wrong that there's with anything that. Wrong with that. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go re-watch re that. I just read an article. It's funny where, where it came up to me. Oh. I just read an article where they were saying they were showing Seinfeld episodes to Generation, what are they, Z now, whatever they call them. Yeah, I, I lose track of these things. <laughs> um, and they couldn't believe that they used the word Nazi for soup Nazi. These kids really? were mortified. And then somebody said, well, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, he's, he's Jewish, and it, it, this is what it's, it's playing. But this is my point. What I get, they missed the whole point of the episode. Instead, they just got caught on the term Nazi. Forget everything else that happened with it. It's not okay to ever use that really? word. That's I really, yeah. Did not, well, do you remember? Maybe you don't because you're not in the same exact field I am with English teaching. We had a term for people, but it was mostly teachers, English teachers, who were over-concerned about correctness in an essay, whether something was grammatically correct. Call them grammar Nazis. Yeah, I've heard that. Never thought in a you million years twice, right? that the offense is, how dare you say Nazi? Because it's a real thing that exists in history. This isn't a made-up term. This isn't a, a, a made-up term to refer to a group of people. This is the term they used for themselves that's fascinating. Yeah, I think it just more than, uh, as we That's proceed through this, which trust me, I want to talk about some of these episodes, oh. but I honestly think these kids don't know what they want to be offended about. They just find something <laughs> to be offended by. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost wow. frustrating because 
there's so many legitimate things, in my opinion, yeah. to be offended by, and I think we need to work on those, but grabbing a, a, a TV show clip that everyone thought was hilarious, that, that guy still makes a lot of money off of, mm-hmm. by the way. I don't think he's done any other acting credits. Probably. But if he's listening, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Came him up with uh, Crispin. Yeah. Came with Crispin Glover. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's that's one. So that then they've, they've done a few huh. things. They even said with the Friends TV show now. Right. Where you, you, you have essentially just six Caucasian friends sitting around in the office. You don't have a single uh, minority yeah, involved in that. Right. Um, well, is that fair? I mean, it's just stuff that we just never thought about. And I'm not saying it's wrong, right? I, I, it wasn't thought of. Well, what's interesting about that phenomenon, that Friends thing? Let's let's go to that. That was was a lot '90s. Or that 80s? was definitely mid mid to late '90s. '90s. Yeah. So, yes, they are all white guys and white gals. But had there been a person of color, would the argument not be that's tokenism? Like, well, you're just putting in a a black guy, you're putting in an Asian person just to have one. If that's the case, and I strongly suspect that would be the, the argument, we're sort of caught in a trap here where, well, I, so I can't have my all-white cast, and I also can't have a mixed-race cast because then it's tokenism. What have, what have I got? Have I got to just do, like, vegetables? Like, I've got nothing left. Um, interesting. I still can't get over the idea that the, the kids, soup Nazi, that they, like, would... Clutch their pearls. He said Nazi. No, I, I yeah, you know, just He said that. soup Nazi. The, the, the juxtaposition of those two terms is what's funny. The thing I like even, or that I bothered <laughs> to be a Nazi me even about worse, soup. No, the, the thing that bothered me even worse about the article was the person who was writing it. I ended up, I, I have a bad habit of when I read an article that I kind of, I don't agree with, I look up who the author is and I go down that rabbit hole. I'm another age where they're educated. The person who wrote this was similar to my age. So I went, huh. there is absolutely no way when that show came out you were offended. Because I saw that and not one person like you're talking about right. I ever said, how could they ever say that? So don't come back on your high horse and go, oh, this is totally offensive. What, because you're trying to be cool with this new generation of kids that have iPhones? Like, you were there. You didn't, I know there's no way that this person went to school the next day and corrected everyone for repeating Soup Nazi. There's right. no way. It's the, the Pokemon of offense. Got to catch them all. Just you got to find that most obscure everything. thing you could conceivably. Which other be ones do you think by. would be would be uh, probably? Well, we were the. I don't remember the title of it, but uh, Jerry was enamored of a Native American one. Cigar store Indian. That what it's called. Yeah. Now the irony there is, I don't think you could make that in a second. You wouldn't get past page two. <laughs> but the irony is that. The joke is that first about how Jerry stumbles. He's unaware of what he's doing, and I think he brings the he brings, he brings it to the, the yeah, statue, well, and he makes a he like rocks it back and forth and makes sort of stereotypical sounds of a powwow. Like it's not even it's just sounds, and people are like wildly waving at him to knock it off without actually saying stop. Uh, and then I think you said Kramer leans out the window because he donates. Well, he ends up giving it away because you, you start know, to realize, yeah. <laughs> and Kramer leans out the window and does the stereotypical, you know, mouth to lips thing. But then the the episode gets into Jerry walking through the minefield of English language. I think he can't use the word reservation because he realizes that has double meaning. But the meaning he's saying is, you know, an arrangement with a restaurant to secure a table in advance. But he can't say it because it also means something else. Uh, I think the Indian giver is the part, though, that 
well, yeah, that's actually a bad term. Like, we, you shouldn't have even considered using that term in the first place. So I think some of what happens in the episode, we say, that's not offensive, it's funny. But other parts, actually, that is bad. Like, Jerry's stumbling over. At one point, she wants something back, I think. She gives him a gift and she wants it She returned. gives him the Al Roker TV guy. There you go. And he says, well, you can't By the way, just, I know way too much about this series for the record. <laughs> you, can't take, you can't give something and take it back. What are you... Uh, and then he pauses because he realizes, hey, maybe not a good term. <laughs> but it shouldn't have been a term ever. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. Sort of like, and this is not a TV episode. I can't remember what year I found this out. This was many, many, many years ago, so I've stopped using it. When I was a kid, we would talk about getting gypped. You know, cheated out of something. Hmm. If... Hey, you're supposed to give me five marbles. You gave me four. What are you, gyp, you're gypping me, man. It's an old term we used to use. That was short for gypsy. As in, gypsies will cheat you. I think I still hear that term all the time. Yeah, well, really it's short didn't. for gypsy. I mean, it's G-Y-P is the short. Hmm. So we should probably stay away from that one. Is it offensive gypsies? It, well, it's anything that says, hey, this entire race of people is known for this one bad attribute. <laughs> And we're just going to use that as truth. Hmm. Um, I did that. I learned something there. I did not. But I didn't. I, I. I. wouldn't have known it. I would never have put that together. Well, then that begs years. the question. Then is it what you said, or was it the intent behind it? See, there's. I think there's a third option though. The third option isn't. Did you mean it or didn't you? It couldn't. The third option be how's it taken? You know, if I say, oh my God, I just got gypped by that by that uh, clerk there. And I didn't mean to say, like a gypsy, he didn't give me my full change. But if the person hearing it goes, I just heard you say that gypsies cheat people, is that not good enough? Or do I get to say, well, I didn't mean it, so therefore it didn't happen? You get my point? Like, if I say something and it offends someone else, can I defend myself with, I didn't mean it to be that? Does that matter? Would, is it fair to say that the person's a gypsy or just defended for a gypsy? Good point. I don't know. Like, you're not a gypsy either. I don't, so know, why any, are you, I don't you know any gypsies. You're offended on behalf of some other group that you don't participate with. But this goes back to what we've been saying earlier. I wish that we could know sometimes, like a car turn signal. Okay, are you actually for real offended? Or are you manufacturing offense because you can right now? And that goes back to our episodes, our, our 80s and 90s shows. You just said it before, a few minutes ago. But were you, were you offended at the time? And if you weren't, what's changed? You know, if you weren't offended the first time we said soup Nazi and you laughed, now you're offended? A, on whose behalf? On the Nazis' behalf? Yeah, that's... <laughs> and second... Isn't offense, I don't, maybe this is something we could get into later, taking offense at something, shouldn't that be immediate and visceral, as opposed to eventual and intellectual? I would agree, <laughs> unless you, you look at like a little kid versus when they get older and go, wow, I didn't, I didn't know. Like we oh, used to oh no, I mean taking offense, oh, yeah, not yeah. given. No, well, that's, a, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you think sometimes, I think sometimes there's, there's maturation and then you, you learn more and realize, well, okay. I, I mean, I know people that would use terms, and it was actually about you know their own, let's say, right, race or minority right, right, group right. that 
none of us knew that that was a bad term when we were five or six. You just hear it on TV, and right. then they get older and go. See, I think that's one thing. Okay. But in, in accordance with the soup Nazi, again, if Jerry Seinfeld wrote the episode, and he's Jewish, and he thought that it was funny to take it to such a horrible right. group of people and then apply it to somebody who's unrealistically holding accountability to the soup you know? Yes, the most mundane thing we have <laughs> right. with the most egregious group we have. Isn't that the, isn't yes. that the humor, yes. though, yes. right? Yes. That, that's what makes How it can funny. you possibly be a Nazi about soup? Well, that's the Mel Brooks argument, that, that no, the, the only reaction to Nazism is to laugh at it. Any other reaction empowers that. The way you deal with Nazism is you, you make the producers. The way you deal with racism is you make blazing signs. And you make the racist out to be ridiculous, redneck, hippie guys that can't, you know, run a railroad. So you're saying it loses the power when yes, they that's a, Mel, that's an the that's the themselves. Mel Brooks theory. I think hmm. I said I hope I said Mel Brooks before, not Mel you Gibson. Did. You, no. That's a whole difference. <laughs> that's, that's for another. The, the Mel Brooks theory <laughs> that he's and he's practiced it right. His whole life Certainly. is about this. Certainly. Is you take away power from something when you laugh at it? We laugh at it, not with. Don't laugh with the Nazis. We're laughing at them. We laugh at. The you know, uh, in the movie, in the first movie, they use a, a hippie, a guy whose literal name is LSD, to play Hitler. And so in the, the Gene Wilder one. Yeah. In the updates, they use, shall we say, unabashedly, flamboyantly fabulous person to be Hitler. And they do it to show this is as un-Hitler as it gets. Like, what is the opposite of Hitler? Well, in the sixties, I guess that's a hippie. I guess if you can, if you can establish this. That was his approach. And if someone were to say, how dare you make fun of Nazis, he'd say, that is literally the point. You didn't just miss the point, you, you hit it, but totally failed to understand it. I, I don't, that's, I'm still implored by that, the idea that people, Nazis, Nazis not something to make fun of. And Brooks would go, it absolutely is. It's you the think, number well, one thing to make fun that of. That I think could maybe be that, okay, I don't think... Humor is as smart as it used to be. Humor is very obvious. Chevy Chase would not be funny today. Fletch, because it's half his stuff, you know, I have to, my sons love it, but I have to go back and go, did you see how funny that was, what he just said? And half the names he uses, you have to know You have to know who they are. G. Gordon Liddy, like, like, he's an airplane mechanic, but like, G. Gordon Liddy wasn't that at all. Don Corleone, my son's uh, Mike and Fred are out of the Tropicana, no greens. <laughs> he has all the throwaway lines at the tennis club. Yeah. Just, Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. <laughs> that's the thing, they wouldn't get it because it's not obvious. You give Seth yeah. Rogen smoking a joint and farting, they think that's yes. the most funny thing in the world. So perhaps yeah. they don't even understand the, the depth of humor because they're so used to obvious humor. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we could call that wit, you know, that wit has taken a hit, and we, we're not witty anymore. We're funny in the sense of, like, I didn't dislike the movies, but it's a good example, like the Hangover movies, aren't particularly witty. Not, no. But they're, what would be the most outlandish thing we could possibly think of right now? Oh, let's have Ken Jong jump out of a trunk naked. Yeah, amusing. Not a lot of, not like a carefully crafted joke there. Um, whereas Seinfeld was, it was a lot of very carefully crafted. We got to say this just right. It's got to be this word, not that word. It's yet. actually funny you, you bring that up this, because Todd Phillips that. says he refuses to do comedies. Who's you know made the Hangover movies uh -huh. because of 
the political correctness then. This is why okay. he went and made the Joker. He goes, I'm, I'm not, because, you know, you go back and look at all his movies, he goes, I couldn't make those movies. You know, okay. old school and, and road trip and stuff. And sort of got, slightly gross out movies. Yeah, that but, are you know, like, again, it was, like, you know, maybe not it just really. has an age. Oh, know? here we go. Animal House, oh. the movie. That would be tough. There's a lot in there's that. There's a lot in that. But even at its time, it was in it because the National Lampoon guys said, what's the thing we can't do? And film it. Like, <laughs> like there's stuff. When you describe it to another person who hasn't seen the movie, they look at you with horror. Right. Not, oh, that would be funny. They're like, what, what are you watching? She's how old? Like, <laughs> she's, oh, is she 13, I think? Or something, something like 15, that. 15, 13, yeah. Um, the entire episode at the roadhouse with the Otis Day and the Knights, like it's just a cornucopia of racism. And yet it there it is. There it is. It's right there. Um, there was apparently, speaking of that, in the final scene, in the, in the homecoming scene with all the floats, one of them was going to be Kennedy, and he was going to take a hit in the head. No. Yes. Wow. And even they said... Maybe that's too We're far. We're not even 20 years away from Maybe years, that but. one's too far. But the, some of the other stuff, what was um, Marmalade, the, the after where they are now? Oh. Marmalade's raped in prison? That's not funny, and yet somehow. It was, it was funny at and, the time. Uh, what's his name? Niedermeyer gets shot by, by his, his own, own troops. troops. Oh, in Twilight Zone the movie. Here's an interesting segue. Twilight Zone the movie. One of its episodes, one of its little, they do it like it's an episodic sure. movie. Um, Vic Morrow plays a racist and he gets magically transported so to other World places. One of them is Vietnam. Right. In the scene when he's transported to Vietnam and the troops are walking through like a rice paddy, I think it's John Leguizamo, has a throwaway line, I knew we shouldn't have shot Niedermeyer. No, you're right. They actually refer to it. So they, he's thrown into the, the platoon. That killed Niedermeyer. You know it might have been Landis in both. I don't know. No, Landis. No, no, no Landis. Did, yeah, don't you remember with the helicopter? Where yes. He, he almost got a, I mean, he went to trial for that. I told my son, my son's favorite movie is the original Bad News Bears. Huh. And he, he felt bad for the actor playing the Yankee manager. Is it Walter Matthau? It's Vic Morrow. Oh, Vic Morrow. Oh, the yeah. original. We're going back. Okay. The original. Because he's like, that poor guy had to play such a jerky character. He said, well, that's the nature of acting. He wasn't like that in real life. And I told him about his heroic rescue on the set of Twilight Zone, and my son's like, that is horrible. This poor guy. You know, not only does he die this horrific death, he's known for these roles where he's pretty bad dude. I'm like, yeah, but most people transcend the role. They know that Vic Morrow isn't a child abuser just because he slaps his kid I, on the I mat. had heard about that whole mm. uh, Twilight Zone tragedy, mm. uh, tragedy but... Uh, <clears throat> Pardon me, like four years ago, I actually researched it a lot. And the reason Landis got in trouble along with, I can't remember his co-producer, was that the kids weren't supposed to be working right. that late. Right. I mean, it's this huge thing. And I didn't know that Vic Morrow was Jennifer Jason Lee's father. I don't think I knew that either. From Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I didn't know that. So, well, there's another one. Um, so, Good Bad News Bears was remade, but they altered a lot of the things. They didn't, they, they didn't keep all of the sort of, you know, irreverence of the original, but they added new, different irreverences. I wonder why. Like, in the original, there's really no mention of, of the kids being sexual creatures at all. None. They do a mild bit about the, they have to wear the cups. 
And one of the kids, he's not even on camera when he says it, says it's not big enough anyway. Well, that's about it. But in the new one, aren't they sponsored by a strip club? And they go to Hooters at one point. I don't think I saw the, with Billy yeah, Bob Thornton. Yeah. I don't think I saw yeah, that. They, they make them, they make one of the things that's irreverent about the kids is that they're overly sexualized. I mean, the original, I mean, Kelly Leak is because he tries to pick up well, on the ladies at the, yes. at the uh, dance recital. And he, and he fumbles it terribly. He says something like, I'm batting 600. <laughs> Little League. <laughs> she just wants him to go away, and he has no clue how badly he's doing. The, the first Bad News Bears had a charm to it. The second one seemed just raunchy. So is that what you mean about humor being sophisticated? I th I think it really, not... Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I think that's Keystone Cops. It's obvious humor. Uh -huh. They fell down. The Three Stooges, right. it's they obvious. They hit each other with hammers. Marx um, Brothers, a little bit more highbrow. Know. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at a lot of those 80s comedies, you've got Airplane and you've got Caddyshack. Both have some yes. obvious things, but, again, Ted Knight, Rodney Dangerfield's, I mean, half of what Rodney Dangerfield says, you've got to watch that movie two, three times to catch half it's of very what quick, is funny. very yeah. fast. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, um, you know, Ted Knight is a little more, but he does a great job mm -hmm. of playing the heavy in that. And, and it's just, now if they redid that, well, they did. It's called Caddyshack 2. might be the worst movie That's ever terrible. made with Jackie Mason. <laughs> and, well, Airplane's another perfect example because, you know, sometimes the most brilliant ideas are the simplest ones. But they said, let's take Zero Hour, and we're going to use every heavy 80s, 70s, 60s actor there was. Take every, air, was it Airport 77, yeah. Airport 78? Take all of them, put them in it, and say, be as serious as you can possibly be. And some, this will be funny, guys. And they all did. Robert Stack, um, all these guys play it as, as straight as they could possibly play it. I still think the funniest part of that movie, which now is considered controversial, was Barbara Billingsley speaking jive. Yes. Like I it's mean, a language. That it tells those flight attendants. Just, I mean, it's, Bar it's, it's America's mom going, just hang right. loose, blood. You know yeah, what I mean? Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> but she says to the flight attendant, I speak I, jive. Like it's, a la like it's a legit <laughs> language. Um, and I think that the, 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 whatever the patois is that those two guys have, like you listen and go, no, that's about right. Like what she says is about what that guy said, more or less. <laughs> But even their, their patois is like so over the top. Like no man has spoken like this ever. <laughs> Nobody talks like this. Um, I do like the, the subtitles. They're discussing some interpersonal problem. Oh, between the two of and them? And it's like a deep problem. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's like over a girlfriend. But it's like a moral <laughs> issue. <Yeah. and laughs> the subtitles are like each one of us faces a clear moral responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that I don't see in a minute. You couldn't. <coughs> I don't see how you could do that, ever. Um, but is it because it's been a coarsening, or are we just so careful and so? I think we're very careful. Because don't want to offend anyone. Richard you, Pryor was was the consultant for Blazing Saddles. Yes, and was like, yes, do it. Absolutely, no, say no, the no. N word a thousand times. You know. Um, well, but is the nature of comedy like you have to upset someone? Otherwise, you don't have anything. To be to be solid comedy, I think you have to. Be somebody's to do a somebody's fact. getting hurt here. Now it's a fictional person. But like you said, it's also can't be punching down. You got to punch up. And um, well, you go back to your soup Nazi. 
even though you might think, well, you're punching down on a, on a guy who runs a soup counter. But in this episode, he has power. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever he can, reason. He can kick people out for two years. <laughs> Come back one year. <laughs> and he's got that weird ser- the, 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 the server at the register yeah. who's just blank face just grabbing it. paper just bags. <laughs> Come back one year. Don't push your luck, little man. <laughs> and somehow, as always, I think one of the genius bits about that show was Kramer was in on these weird societies. Yeah, no, he loved them. <laughs> he was just sitting there BSing with them the He's whole the time. only one that could get away yeah. with being casual. With everybody. And he, he just always was he had an in to so many different things. And it was like, how does he get in the operating theater when he drops the milk duds? <laughs> Like, how is he the even junior part mint. of it? Oh, junior man, junior sorry. Mint. It's a junior man. It's mint. a junior man. <laughs> so, if that's the case, then what hope does comedy have? If, if it, if A, it's coarse, as you're saying, and B, it's careful, those aren't, those aren't ingredients of good humor. I think until us as a society, we've discussed this, I think there needs to be open dialogue. I have no problem asking somebody, because I don't want to, you know this, you don't want to do it either. I don't want to offend anyone. I want my classroom to be safe. I want my friends to be safe. I, right. I don't mean to do anything. And if I do, I apologize. Explain to me what I did wrong. Don't just all of a sudden want to get me fired because I said <laughs> something that I wasn't, I wasn't aware that it had changed. I wasn't aware that I couldn't say soup nuts anymore. It never came up. Nobody I, told me. Yeah. So man. I don't, give me a rule book to follow and then let's, <laughs> let's discuss, like, let's come up with a book and go, yeah. you can say this, but you have to also tell me why is that offensive? Of course, the thing is the book would always change. You need updates almost every day. Well, that goes back to what I'm saying. Are people just looking to be offended? Are they truly offended? Are you personally offended? Or are you offended for someone else just so you can go tell your Starbucks barista right. like how offended I was for this? That's person. another thing, too. We're sort of reaching the end here, but there is a lot of, I think, what's the word? Virtual signal? Virtue virtue signaling. signaling. But I think it goes beyond that. I think it goes beyond virtue signaling. And if a person wants to make the world better, but they're sort of impotent about it and they don't really know how to do it, like, oh, I really want the world to be a better place, but I'm not sure what am I supposed to do. And so I can leap on a person who says, you know, Chinese when they meant Korean. There, made the world better. Well, you didn't, but I, I get that you were trying. You thought that maybe this was a good thing to do. Is it because people don't see that there are big causes anymore? There's no marching on Selma so we got to, everything's downscale. No, I think because there is, obviously. We, we found that with, with quarantine, we, you know, a lot of people come yeah. out. We've had a lot of, I think, positive discussions as it relates to uh, race, et cetera. But I think people are just, it's a headhunting mentality. Like you said, look, yeah. I got somebody. They said yeah. this. I yeah, can't yeah. believe they, you know. Um, and it doesn't matter who, who it is. If, it's, if you're in the, the crosshairs, right. they're going to get you. Especially if it's intertribal. Like if it's, if it's one of your own, right. it's worth more points if I, you can I get, get the yeah, head. I don't know where the, the score is being kept. <laughs> um, I, I would agree overall, and this, we say this a lot on this program, I guess we'll call it, about the idea of communication. That's what we're doing right now. The idea that if you just talk to someone else, most of the time, wouldn't you find that that person is more like you than not and has good intentions? I didn't meet whatever it is you think happened probably didn't. As long as you go into it thinking, this person's my brother, this person's my sister, and we're all on this blue marble together pushing for the same thing, unless you can prove to me you're not. I'm going to start with that, that we're, we're rowing this boat the same way. And if you splashed me, it, you didn't do it on purpose. And that's what drives me nuts is... 
too many people think that the other half of the country that doesn't agree with them are bad people. I don't believe right. that for a second. Right. Not for a second. Yes, there are bad people out there, and they're you know a very small minority, you know, throughout on either side. So that's why you know you and I started becoming right. very good friends and talking. Right. The same thing, going, hey, let's we got more in common than we have. You know, let's and I, I think that. that's universally true, even if you transcend you know nations. We all more or less want the same thing. We talk about this with our parents. We, you want the best for your child. So do I. Yep. We honest to God do. We, we both want the same thing. I would even say that our priorities are the same. I just have more of them. You have the one. I have these 144. But I want what's best for your kid, too. We, I always get a kick out of, you're keeping my kid from college. Like No, no one's working harder than me. Literally no one is working harder than me to get your kid ready for college. Nobody. It's my entire job. So no, I'm not blocking them from college. You didn't play my kid, you're keeping him from a scholarship. Nobody's closer than me as the coach. Nobody's closer. Other than the kid himself, nobody wants this more than the kid. Um, or more than me. If we all at least started with that, can we just hit the button that says everybody believe everybody else until you have reason not to? I can't even imagine how much better things would be. Well, that's your job, listeners. Go out and believe in each other. See you next time. If you'd like to hear more from Chris Varner, please visit my lifestyle channel called Just a Dad Bod. And for Sean, you can find my books on Amazon or on my website at seanobrienauthor.com.